0: And welcome to 10 Very Big Books, a Malazan read-through podcast. My name is Peter Bond, and I've read each book in the main series. However, my two co-hosts are reading the series for the first time. With me today is my friend and closest confidant, India Jones.
1: Hello there.
0: And Academy Award nominee, Joshua <laughs> Dean
2: Baker. Now, before, I don't have anything good. I didn't I didn't read anything about the Academy.
0: That was a well, good the, one. The, the nominations are coming out in like two weeks, so I figured we'd get it in early, project it forward, you know, oh, the secret. Oh, I like it.
2: I like it. And, it, and my, what am I up for? Best
0: Supporting Actor? Best oh, wow. Animated I, I, Flick. I, I, best Animated <laughs> Flick. Best Animated Movie, Josh Baker. Yeah, I like that. How, how are you feeling, Inge, after the pneumonia? Do you recover?
1: Well, I'm on two antibiotics, one steroid, two inhalers, but all is oh. well. <laughs> that's Holy a lot of, shit. That's a lot of
0: drugs, Inge.
1: A lot of drugs, all the time.
0: So is it just like a bad cold? Like, I've never really had pneumonia.
1: Well, it starts as the flu, which <laughs> okay. actually- Yeah, that's what happened to me. Damages your lungs to the cool. point where um, bacteria fills your chest- a nice green mucus, and um, then you develop pneumonia.
0: It sounds like it sounds like a doctor politely explained this to you while you were in pain.
1: Well, actually, I was um, shirtless getting a chest uh, X-ray.
0: Oh, oh <laughs> a, solid! Perfe- a perfect time for learning.
1: It was. It, it's how I it's how I prefer <laughs> to learn.
0: Huh. Alrighty. Well, today on the podcast, we're finishing out Dead House Gates, so we're gonna talk about chapters. No! L-
1: Finally. I'm very excited to talk
0: about the ending. Oh, damn, India. (laughs) So we're going 19 (laughs) to (laughs) 20. Oh, my God. All right. Let's get started. Let's get started. Chapter 19. Coltane and the Chain of Dogs recover from the Battle of Vathar, however, they're still being pursued by Corblodom. Sappers are adopted into some of the Wiccan's clan, and Captain Mincer is demoted with Bugle replacing him. At the council meeting, Coltane is unsure of his decisions. Diker and List leave the council and stumble on an ancient Jagat's tower, the home of List's guide across the river. In the distance, they see Shaikh Reborn's whirlwind. On the rag stopper, Kalam uses a stone to contact QuickBen. QuickBen says the ship has slipped into a warren and there is magic afoot. They also briefly speak of the bridge burner situation on Gennebakis. Afterwards, Kalam finds Salk Elan, who says they will arrive in Malaz City. Winds have blown them off course. Mappo holds Icarium's body and faces what to do with it. He deliberates over whether to give his friend over to the Azath, weighing what Icarium has done to Mappo and to so many others. Trell decides to defend his friend from Tremolor and the Nameless Ones. They continue on to see the Azath House, leery of Pust and the Hounds of Shadow, as well as the Shapeshifters. The Bokeral Moby, once lost, now returns to Fiddler. The assault from the shapeshifter grows and Dinrabi fall from the ocean. Absolar tries to open the door, but cannot. Diker thinks of the Jaga and their ancient wars with the Talani Mass, contrasting the isolated intelligent people with their dismissive view of the Talani Mass who sought war through their continents of ice. The chain of dogs then continues on, joined by more tribes as Corblo Dam's army is now nearly five times the size of Coltane's. They arrive in Sanamon, exhausted. Soldiers are thirsty and dying, and we see the dogs bent and roach. Diker speaks with the council, preparing for a battle the next day, when a warren opens up. A great six-wheeled carriage emerges with food, water, and many goods. They are the Trigel Trade Guild, a magical caravan from Ketabakas. Dujek One-Arm sent the carriage to Coltane with supplies from the citizens of Durujistan. They also receive a strange smoky glass bottle that Coltane is to wear. The Trade Guild will leave since they have a final errand to run. After, Coltane and Diker discuss Dujek's motivation and wonder if the Empress and the High Fist are still in coordination. In the morning, the Battle of Sanamon happens. Coltane gives Diker the gift from QuickBen and meet the Cundrel, to whom Coltane declares the Wiccans as soldiers of the Malazan Empire. The Battle of Sanamon occurs north of the hill, and Corblo Dom is eventually driven off. For now. Alrighty! we're catching up with Coltane and the, the the rest of the chain of dogs after the battle on the river Rathar and you know we're seeing them reorganize and then later in the later in this chapter they have the battle of Sanamon I'm not 100% on that name but and uh, maybe we'll talk about both of those segments together because at the fir- first start of the chapter we see them, and then at the end of the chapter we kind of see them being chased, see them battle, and we also see Coltane meeting the Trigel Trade Guild along and receiving supplies from Ginnabacus.
2: Yeah, what the so hell?
0: what? <laughs> oh god, yeah, fuck that section. Oh, I have words. All right, well, 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 Inge, what would you think about the? This is this is one of our last times checking in on Coltane before they get closer to the sit- Aaron walls.
1: Um. Yeah, Coltane became much more enjoyable as like this whole grouping. As 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 more people died, I began to like them more. <laughs> so, um, yeah,
2: I do. I just want to put out there: there will be a lot of Josh eats his own words this episode in regards to Coltane. I just, I just uh, can't wait.
1: Well, you know, I, I like a good trigger warning. So, um, so, so you were
0: you were warming up to them in this yeah, time? Yeah, I mean. And-
1: Every time we check in on them, the situation gets more in detail and more bleak. And it's sad. And but I I I when they when that person came out of wherever he came out of with all the I don't know, the the smoke and whatever. Let's talk about that. That's what I'm interested in. Trade
0: guild. First of all,
1: not sure why I truly believed that that was, uh, what was that guy from the last book? The the big idiot that was actually a genius.
0: Krupp. Kruppa.
1: So I thought it was him. For, I don't know why. I was like, maybe he's like, Fooling around, because if anybody, I would say
2: that's real. That's real understandable. Yeah,
1: and then I was like, oh wait, guess not. But then why are these random people bringing them random supplies randomly when they need it most out of nowhere?
0: And they do the same thing later on with uh, clam. Was it? No, not clam. Fiddler Uh, with the ones. Yeah, fiddler.
2: Can I? Can I briefly talk about this? All right. Just have like
0: Josh pop. You can pop off if you want. Seems like you want to pop off.
2: I want to pop off and say that. I This is maybe the most mad I've been in terms of feeling like there's no reason that as an author, Erickson should be able to make this work. And then he succinctly does. Like, I'm like, (laughs) why the fuck are these giant carts pulled by giant horses here? How did they get here? Why do they know to be... I have all these questions, right? And then he's like, well, and he says just enough shit about that other continent that is like, I mean that's plausible enough that yeah. would make these giant ca- and i was just like i did not think it was possible that he could convince me that there's a real reason and what's worse is i know the next book we go to get it back is, and we're gonna see him hire these goddamn carriages
0: mm-hmm.
2: or we're gonna get like a Literally, sentence and that's gonna yeah. be like, worse as- oh if we get like a sentence i'll be pissed
1: as i read that though i like couldn't tell if they were being attacked like at the very beginning or if or, sure, or some, sure. like i literally was like oh shit shit's hitting the fan again it's going and then it was like mm-hmm. no 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 here are goodies you're safe
0: i think uh i like the the Trey guild and it's interesting that for a moment you thought they were attacking because um, they
1: came out of nowhere it's I, like carts of things flying out of the back yeah. and coming from the back i'm like yeah, oh my god not t- again
0: and mm-hmm. and i think for me the reason it doesn't bother me and it never has <laughs> is because like ultimately it doesn't save the day do you know what i mean like i know we are not talking about the end of ever the book yet but like if this was the crucial linchpin that would have saved the chain of dogs then like maybe i would feel differently you know
2: yeah that's true it, it in the long run it doesn't do a ton yeah it really doesn't yeah. it, like do you know i mean like it's still buck wild
1: in the moment though they try yeah, yeah, they yeah. did their so, best they gave they, they did their best
0: yeah and th- there is yeah but, Josh, in the first half of the book, we also see Diker and List stumble upon the abandoned Jagat tower that was guiding uh, Corporal List along the way. What would you think about this? And then they kind of had a little talk about the Talani mass and the the, the nature of the Jagat. It was
2: honestly really sad. Like, um, I mean, we've only met two Jagats so far, and it's clear that they have such power that, like, even if they were purely good, they could still just fucking wipe out civilizations, which is wild. Yeah. Um, But this is the first time that we, like, like, I don't know, we we don't really meet, but we like get a, a perspective into like, you know, the fact that they're all kinda just sad and want to be alone because they have that immense power and they know how big of a burden it is. And that was really sad. And then to them be like I like it's I, I was kinda confused. Like it seems like they did not die peacefully, nor do nor are their souls at peace, perhaps. Like they might i, I do not know. I thought that their rough.
1: souls are just like I tried I didn't dwell on it. In peace.
2: Yeah. Um, it doesn't seem like many cool people in this series die and, like, actually get to rest in the afterlife. A lot of them just get fucked.
0: Well, I think it resonates, too. It's some of the, like, the history of this land, like, has so many scars on it, you know? And, yeah, like, civilizations true. that have passed, you know? And I've pu- I've pulled out a quote. it. <laughs> pogroms need no reason sir none that can weather challenge in any case difference in any kind is the first recognition the only one needed in fact land domination preemptive attacks all just excuses mundane justifications that do nothing but disguise the simple distinction they are not us we are not them
1: yeah there's a lot of uh, there's a lot Powerful. of like life crisis going on for Diker and it is so sad. And and I hate and he's always like, No guys, everything's gonna be okay. And then in his head he's like, Yeah, I lied, but I had to. And it's just it's so yeah. shitty. He's like, Yeah, nothing means anything, honestly. Our boy like,
0: carries a lot on his shoulders. Yeah, our, our our boy does carry the weight of history. He on does, him, don't and he, he
1: lets it be known mm-hmm. any chance he gets.
0: Yeah. That's true. Alrighty, let's uh let's keep on popping along. J-
1: that
0: is my name. Uh, let, me t- let me let me try again. Okay, I'm ready. <laughs> Josh, we check in on the Ragstopper briefly for kind of our last moment before we get to Malaz City, and you know, kind of the whole assassinate assassin world begins. So, mm-hmm. what uh, as they were like? Oh, actually, we're going to Malaz City. How, how, what were your suspicions like? How in tune were you to what was going on?
2: Uh, I wish I could say that I saw everything, like, saw this coming, but, like, no. Mm. I, I, I really didn't have, like, any of this clued in. I, I was kind of just along for the ride, much like Kalam, or, yeah, Kalam was. Um, I was surprised Kalam used the stone to talk to Quickbend though, because he already used the one super powerful thing. Yeah. That was like getting into the warren. Was this a one and done stone? Didn't he break a stone or something to make that to get this connection to happen? Mm. I, I honestly I do forget. Was, there I was know like a powder in it. I thought limited... he like
1: broke the thing and then he was like quick Ben was like you're only going to get to talk yeah. to me once and he used it now and he was like yeah.
0: Yeah, that's
2: yeah, good, right? I think,
0: India. So
1: but
2: I, but I, I, also
0: kinda, know, s- I also know he used Quick Ben's magic to get into the Imperial Warren because that's what there's I'm saying. that he passage. He used two different
2: things. I think he had two like a,
0: things. Because there's yeah. that passage that's like a cheeky riff about enchanting gems and stones.
2: Yeah, yeah. So I think, I don't know, I, I was surprised he did it, honestly. It didn't seem like it was, I don't know. I wouldn't have done it at know, that man. time. I, I want to talk about this stuff. Especially because he no, didn't give yeah, him any
1: information. Yeah. He told him nothing. That's true. If anything...
2: The audience got more information about Gennabacus than Calam got about his current
0: situation. Yeah, and what did you think that we're kind of getting like a little tease about Ginebacchus right now? You
1: know, Peter, I don't know about the the tease of Gennabacus. So because
0: we get multiple, we get like I think someone else talks about we in this ending. We get a lot of people I'm talking not about really,
1: Gennabacus. Like it all. I don't really know the difference between I thought we were already there, to be honest, in the first book. So it's funny that you're telling me we've never been there.
0: No, 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 no. Oh, we oh, we okay. have been there. Okay. We have been there.
1: I thought we have.
0: I just kind of like that. I don't know. It's I like that it's being referred to. You I don't know? I think like it's that.
1: Interesting. I don't like that. I don't like things where it's it happened. Like, can't we just move on? You know, we're in a different story now. But this I have I know what's a theme in the book. I know it's going to keep happening.
0: All right. Well, let's hear Let's let's move on. And, and, and let me ask you this. We find uh, Mappo finally kind of faces his own challenge and decides not to surrender Ikarium over to the Azath house because no, he No, they literally
1: have codependency issues. And <laughs> mm. thank you. Acarium needed yes. to be in that house. It is for his own benefit.
0: What? <laughs> Preach. Well, Okay, I can't believe this is no, a take we're going to go No, I think it's away.
1: bad. I don't think. I actually think it would be really good for him.
0: You think it would be good for him to be in the Eter- eternal tower prison?
2: I think everyone needs some space every now and again. We're not saying that yeah.
0: Mapo can't come
2: back exactly. and visit. Exactly. I mean, now
1: maybe we are saying that. You think? They, you think the two of them should break up? I just up, feel is what like you're saying. I okay. Let's not la- let's not like, give labels we have to a it friend. Either. Like. <laughs> If I had a friend who I knew was a danger to literally everyone, I'm not gonna be like, well, if I keep this secret from you for always and eternity, and like you only kinda know, but like you don't really know, but like you know, like what what are we doing? Yeah,
2: what is his end game? Because yeah, there's no end game to this. Eventually, shit will go bad.
0: Yeah, but Mappo loves love his friend, you know, and oh, if great. he really loved his yeah, friend, he'd do what
1: was best for him, <laughs> and it is to lock him in that Agreed. brick house. It's
0: <laughs> a brick. Papa house. I obviously disagree, and I think it's really <laughs> nice that Mapo d- 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 doesn't give Why? over his friend.
1: Just because they're you know? friends?
0: I mean, I know it. I mean, yeah, b- that's a great reason. Friendship's great, you know? Shrek and Donkey are great Shrek friends. Shrek is not you know? that diabolical.
1: <laughs> that is a bad reference. <laughs> yeah,
0: dude. <laughs> Shrek just wants his swamp to himself. And maybe Akari
2: a swamp He's not, just out, just he's not swamp out here destroying, destroying civilization. To be
1: honest, If Ikarium knew what was good for him, he would know that it's best for him to be alone. I thought that he was supposed to like I, solitude.
2: I, in Ikarium's in defense, in, Car, in Icarium's defense, he doesn't know that he does this shit <laughs> because it's been hidden from him by his, I'm going to say it's Stockholm Syndrome best friend. It's Stockholm Syndrome.
0: There is, there is, I would say, an unethical element to to the memory thing, for sure. But, but you know, Mappo didn't cause him to have his memories be like that way, you know? Yeah,
1: but he maintains it. Mm-hmm. Like
0: Mappo's garbage, Guarding from the Azath at that point. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, and we're saying it's a mistake. But you know what? All right. No, please, like, before uh, we keep moving, though, because Icarium is like, before they go in, he's like all gung-ho, like, yeah, I'm going to go in and I'm going to stay there. And then they, like, knock him out. But yeah. when I woke up, I think I would have went back.
0: You would have you went back to what?
1: My Azath house and just said, I'm here to stay. But...
0: Uh, 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 he woke he, up without a memory he wakes up without a memory and like that's a, in like four chapters
2: but he can't do you know do you know what would be great though is if he woke up without a memory in the azeth house and he doesn't know there's anything else he just thinks this is what i do and yes it's sad and horrific but that's like, what he does he
0: doesn't be a know prison it. in, uh, forever that's the, it's that's not
1: the, a prison peter yeah you keep using you this you keep P-word. calling I mean, it a prison <laughs> and it's I think more that's of a house group. it's more of a humble abode think, have, yeah, it's have you of thought a of it as like a timeshare
2: opportunity
0: I I like the timeshare spin. (laughs) However, you know, if you're saying what's the end game to them wandering around forever, I don't know what the end game to putting Acarium in the box forever is. It's not. He dies eventually. It takes a long time. All right. Well, let's let's keep things going. Let's talk about it in the next chapter. I don't know.
1: (laughs) I can't wait until we get to the chapter 21. Yeah, we got time. Fine.
0: Chapter 20. Salk Ilan suspects Kalam is headed back to kill the Empress. Salk thinks they're being tracked through a warren and, at midnight, they will reach Malaz city. In front of the Azath, Fiddler fails to open the door as well. Ikarim wakes and wants to join the battle, but Mapo stops him. After Moby touches the door latch, the group falls into Tremolor. Ikarim is limp. Pust enters the house alone, and Fiddler discovers a Forkrell assail corpse on the ground. This Azath is similar to the dead house in Malaz City. Skarl thinks they must give the carium to the Azath when the Trigal Guild appears and delivers a package from quickben and then they are gone. Fiddler finds many munitions in the box, and Aptilar deduces that Moby is actually the disguised form of a great demon. Apsalar says they all want to travel through the Warren to the other Azath houses. And at the bottom of the staircase, they spot the unconscious body of Dasimaltor's daughter, placed here after the first sword saved her from Hood. The group says goodbye to Moby and travel by Warren out of the Azath. Corblo Dom's army besieges Coltan's as they both continue to march, Malazan and Wiccan soldiers collapsing and dying along the way. Captain Lull and the female Marine speak of a local tribe that is sympathetic to the Malazans that could support them. Diker then rides to meet Coltane. The commander will send Diker, Nether, Nil, and the refugees forward. They will ride to Eren as Coltane tries to hold off Corblo Dom's final stab, and Corporal List gives Diker a token from his unnamed lover. Diker and the refugees ride forward and pay for passage across the remaining tribal lands to this sympathetic local tribe. 30,000 refugees ride on. Nether can no longer contact Coltain, however. The warlock is too far from the war leader and a troop of Wiccans guide them forward. After a feud with nobility, a noble attempts to challenge Diker, who swiftly disposes of him. Just before sunset, they arrive at Arryn, And see the great Malazan gate that marks Aaron Way. Corbolodom's army rides for them, but with renewed energy, some refugees rush to the city. Diker escorts a small child into the city and hands it off to a Malazan captain named Kenib. The refugees and Diker make it inside the city walls. In the Warren of Shadow, Apt escorts her child named Panic. Cotillion arrived and is called uncle by the boy. Cotillion comforts the boy when Panek speaks of his past trauma. Cotillion will teach him not to be helpless. Panek can see into the shadow hold. Panek will travel with App to look after Kalam and Cotillion says he has a daughter who he feels needs to apologize to him. With Malazan Harbor in sight, Kalam is paralyzed. Saukalan reveals himself to be Pearl, the leader of the Claw and the claw take care of their own. Pearl stabs Kalam in the side and throws him into the water, knowing that assassins are waiting on the city shore. Apt appears to defend Kalam, but Pearl summons a Kenral demon and disappears. The captain, Cartharon Crust, wakes up has some memories of this city. Afterwards, Manala, on horseback, jumps off and makes her way to shore. All right, to tackle this a little bit out of order because we just um, we just were talking so much about the what's going on in Tremolore. Let me ask you this: Inge, let's take the Kalam part of this chapter first. Mm. So, uh, in chapter twenty, we see Salk Ilan's true identity to be revealed. Fucking, Calam gets stabbed and curl. thrown overboard. Did you see it coming? What did you feel? Let me know ha- what you think.
1: Okay, no. So we all knew that something was up with Salk. He was he was a lot. He was weird. He was mysterious. He came out of nowhere. He was extra,
0: for sure. He was too yeah. good to
1: be true, if you ask me. Um, a yeah. little obsessed. A little weird. So was I surprised it was Pearl? Yes. Had no. Was not even thinking that that could be Pearl. But I did know that it would be something bad. I just thought that his name was probably still Silk. Um, but it turns out, yeah, that he's a, a claw, a red A red, the red, the red person.
0: No, he's he's a claw. He's a claw.
1: But a red, a red claw. Red. No,
0: not red at all. There's no color. There's no color. He he was friends with Lestara yill Ah, who's a red blade. The red.
1: Oh yeah. Freaking Lestara. Okay, yeah. Um, what a worthless character she was. So yeah, that was um kind of surprising, and then they threw him overboard, which I thought he died, even though like they, I just don't know how he. This man is. He doesn't die.
0: He's a burly boy.
1: He it's he like I I think didn't he stab him in the stomach or the chest so i thought that when he threw him overboard he was like okay yeah i'm gonna you're gonna
0: he gets he gets stabbed in the side and salk uh, uh and pearl who's like you know good at stabbing people i guess mm-hmm. he like does it on purpose not to kill him because he's like all the assassins in the city are will gonna be you. waiting
1: for it to kill you yeah, yeah like, you're gonna like, have to swim then you'll get there because they like take
0: care of their own that's their thing they like kill bad assassins
1: Okay. Stupid. I like stupid. He should have just killed him when he had the chance. If he was, if he was going to, I love Kalam. uh, Kalam. I love him. I know. But I mean, from, from, if I were trying to kill him, I would have killed him right then and there.
0: Yeah. And the let the other assassins kill him plan didn't really work out. Yeah.
1: No, it didn't. It didn't go according to plan. Did not (laughs) go according to plan. I did like after that, when that, like, uh, when Apton. Pan
0: panic? Oh, you should have heard me recording the summaries. I could not choose a, na- a way to pronounce the
1: name. Panic panic
0: pa- panic Which one's that? Panic. That's
1: I, her little her little son. Her little boy. Her young boy. Um, you, so I,
0: pick, I really pick a pronunciation.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna say panic. I'm gonna call him the Cyclops. <laughs> Cyclops, yeah, <that's laughs> good.
1: Cool. I love. I just love when they talk to each other, like that. Like I guess uh, Sulk, Eela, and Pearl had a, a demon come to like take down the rest of the Rag Stopper. Yeah, oh, man. yeah. Like, like panics. To escape like I, listen,
2: to you're that. gonna die. Like this is not a good look,
0: demon.
1: He Yeah, he was like, "All right, mom, let's get him." <laughs> <laughs> I loved that. That was my favorite. Um,
0: Josh. Well, two questions. Did you see the Sulk reveal coming? And then. Also, uh, before Apt and Panic kind of show up to save the day, we see them have a conversation with Cotillion. So maybe yeah. thoughts about both of those.
2: I, I'll go with the Cotillion one first. Um, sure. Uh, Uncle I Cotillion, didn't understand anything that happened went on with that. And then at the end, when we meet at Cotillion again, it did all make sense. But mm-hmm. at the time, I was like, what are we talking about? Why are you so weird
1: and edgy? Why does it make sense? Oh, I'm glad you can explain that to me then.
2: It's going to take a bit. It, it's the it's the reveal at the end. I didn't. It was I, weird. I don't I, even know what daughter he's talking about besides maybe Absalar.
0: I have a great quote from Panic.
2: Oh, I know what it is. Wait, I know what it is. Okay, okay. I'm looking at, the, I'm looking at our thing. I, I do think Peter, I don't know if you can tell me this yet. Cotillion is talking with apt in panic, and Cotillion mentions a daughter. Okay. Later there is a girl in the Tremolore house. Is that the daughter of someone important? It's the daughter
0: of someone important, but it's not Cotillion's daughter.
2: Okay, I didn't know if that's who he was talking about. I couldn't feel it was I was it's either that or Apsalar, but I didn't know which. We don't know yet? Okay. You can't reveal. You're biting your bottom lip.
0: Okay. The woman in the Azath house is is the daughter daughter of the first sword, right? Yeah, okay. But it, does, who's that, an, not, does he, that he's not mem- yet. We can talk about it. it it's this chapter Decimal is a member of the Emperor's old guard who is an important historical figure.
2: But what but he was killed, right? And his daughter went missing, but it's just now revealed the daughter's in the dead house?
0: Yeah, Lacine killed Lacine killed him when she was like t- ascending to the throne.
2: Okay, got it. All right. Um next is um what, uh, Josh Josh, was, Josh Josh.
0: I have a really important panic quote from this scene I want to read. He's ta- okay. uh, Cotillion's talking to them, and Panic says, "I like dogs." Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, "I have a oh. bunch. They're cuddly." So, oh, right, he's
0: talking. Oh, that's so good. And Cotillion so says something sad. back, like, "I think they like you too." <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: It's that so, was good. so. I I literally love when that little little freaking kid speaks. I just imagine yeah. him with his one eye I mean, he looking like at a little. He is demon a nightmare creature, but with like, skin.
2: yeah, yeah. Um. Okay. So I. W- okay. So the Salk Elon thing. Um is an example of everything that Ericsson has done so far has been so high level that when I met Salk Elon, I thought it was Pearl and then went, That's too simple of an explanation. <laughs> Erickson wouldn't do that. He's too he's too good for me. I'll never figure out his schemes. And then it yeah. was Pearl. I didn't
0: figure out a scheme. So you're trying to predict the zag that sometimes he just gets you with the zig.
2: Yeah, sometimes, yeah. You gotta be careful.
0: Yeah. Alrighty. Well, Uh. oh, Oh. also, before we leave Malas Harbor, we see uh, Manala jump off on horseback to make her way there. Find her which, man. Yeah. Which definitely, to be honest, when I think about that, like, too hard, I do, like, start to question yeah. some of the logistics yeah. of it all. Mm-hmm. But, like, I don't know.
2: I, Where has she I, been I
1: this whole time? Yeah. She's been on she... that boat. Exactly but where? Also, how, did, how did the Why? two
2: get there at the same time? That's a big question,
1: right? She came right at, at the right moment. It was over for him in that moment, and she was like, hmm.
0: Seven cities horses, am I right? I guess so.
1: Can't live with them.
0: All righty. Well, uh, before we get all the way back to Tremelor, since I guess we're kind of taking a non-chronological route through the chapter, Inge, we check back with Coltane's army as uh, Corblo Dom's army has grown. They're like chasing them and, Diker goes forward with the refugees, passes through some local tribe lands and gets the rest of the refugees to Aaron, along with saving a young child along the way and meeting Captain Keneb in Aaron.
1: Yeah, I forgot who Keneb was, but I, I remembered the name, but I still don't know who he is. He, um, he was
0: the captain who traveled with Clam across the desert.
1: Oh, yes. OK, that makes he's sense.
0: Manala's then. brother-in-law, I guess.
1: Uh, oh, he's healed. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. It would have been nice to remember that when I was reading it. Um, So, okay, yeah. I feel like a lot happens there. So I want to discuss. When Coltane said, you're going to go off with the refugees, was that like a plan that he knew, alright, we're all gonna die, so let's get the refugees out.
0: Hmm, interesting question. Josh, what do you think? Yeah, right? Like, the whole stunt was, like...
1: Like, I know, get- I know, I know that, they, like, then they came and then they had to fight them to keep them... So, but, like, he really did, like, he wasn't, like, thinking that they could win at all, like, he no, knew that they were no, gonna die. No,
2: no, This was... He wasn't gonna send them away until he was sh- sure that there was no hope.
1: Oh, so then that's really sad.
2: Yeah, real... Real. Can. Hey, real quick, I would like to... This is called Josh Eats His Own Words, uh, A History. Um, hey, Coltane's really cool, and I did say that he should just sacrifice the refugees, and I've realized that that was dumb, and also he's the greatest human I've ever read about, and uh, I, I really regret like a Tain. lot of things I've said about Coltane. Uh, thank you. <laughs> thank you for listening to my TED Talk. Uh, have a good night. Um,
0: Redemption. Well, I'm glad you've seen the ur of your ways. Yeah, I hit me, yeah i i would feel i don't know how to follow it but i'll say this off i would feel like i don't know if he knew he was gonna die when he sends the refugees forward but like i'm i'm sure he understands that things were in a dire position do if that makes any sense
1: do you know what i mean yeah
0: um that was yeah. sad
1: okay well all right and cool. we haven't even talked
0: about diker says goodbye to the female marine he had a oh, fleeting yeah. trust
1: with that to me, is the stupidest thing in the whole world, and I don't want to talk about it.
0: Yeah, I. I it was
1: I, a. It was not. It, I. It was not. Don't try to even call it anything because uh, it did not satisfy any part of me.
0: <laughs> I. I do know what you mean. It is a. Like I don't exactly know why we're that's in here, but you know. <laughs> Uh, like I guess, do you know what I mean D- Diker can have a sex life? I'm okay with it. I just I, I don't know why I, you know.
1: It's just not. Re- it's so irrelevant that the female marine doesn't have a name. <laughs> yeah, that's no! just how she gets the. She puts her name on the paper, right? He never looks at it.
2: Well, not in this life. All right, yeah, not in any life. <laughs> well, we don't know yet.
0: Alrighty, well uh J- josh what how'd you feel about seeing this uh how are you f- let me let's get into headspace how are the two of you feeling at this point vis-a-vis like because this is our last time before we really see coltane die and then
1: stop dude. that's so sad Spoilers. you really said that like it didn't even matter all
0: right that was well, horrible how, but how did you feel at this like I'm trying to get into the headspace, you know, paint me a picture, Josh. Ugh. Of what? Like them leaving? Well, how are you feeling at this point? Where you are like, oh my gosh, they're going to get there and things are going to go great now?
2: No, I assumed that Coltine would instantly fall and that um, Duiker wouldn't it, make it into the thing.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So that was that was my thought.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All righty. Well, I guess we can talk more about the end of the chain of dogs in the next chapter. That's yeah. But inside Tremelore, the Trigall Trade arrives, gives them gives them some junk, uh, and then they see Dasmaltor's daughter, and then uh, they also see that the Azath is going to be able to kind of mm, teleport them. Is is the word I want to use? But I know that's kind of you know magically move them around the world. You know. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, Before, how do you, oh, go ahead, how'd you feel
0: about learning this, Inge?
1: Let's talk about this Azath house. Sure. Why are they going there? What do you mean? Why did they go there? I Why
0: did who go there?
1: Why did all of Fiddler, Mapo, and Aquarium, kind of, but not really, Absolar, well, Crow?
0: Fid- Fiddler uh, and uh, Fiddler wanted to use the Tremolore to magically what teleport did- to. So
1: Tremolore the- isn't a place. It's Tremolore is not a place. they are uh, the Tremolore House. Yeah, that's is the name of this Azoth.
2: Yeah, they all have yeah. names.
0: Can I ask a question? Sure.
2: Who names them?
0: Uh, I think a naming committee formed by the local government. Probably.
2: Yeah, because it's like this was in a
0: fucking (laughs) random...
2: This was in a warren in the middle of a desert that could be at any time just surrounded by a whirlwind. So, like, who the fuck knew that it was there and was... And then came back. How did they come back with a name for it?
0: I think the city clerk maybe gets a say.
2: Oh, is this... You have to go to the registrar for this? Yeah, you
0: need to go to the registrar. Is
2: this what a comptroller does? I've been
0: wondering. <laughs> um, it, that's actually what comp trolling is. It's good, who good. gets the name your local Azath. Um, no, Fiddler was coming to use this Azath to teleport to Malaz
2: and, City, and it was oh. just a hunch they had that that's how they could use it, book. right?
1: Oh, whatever. Okay, so <laughs> I'm glad that the Azath House did exactly what it was supposed to.
2: Yeah, I agree.
1: I mean, it, of all- the whole
2: book would have been useless if it didn't, India. <laughs>
1: I mean, yeah, but, like, technically, wasn't the whole book supposed to be about Shaikh, who died in the first two minutes? Well, what is Shaikh may never die? I mean... That is fact. I can't wait to
0: talk about Shaikh next chapter.
1: I can wait. You know, it's funny, though, because, like, in the beginning, I hated, obviously, Diker and, like, Colty, and I hated everything about them. But at the end, they had the most interesting, the ending, they had the most interesting ending, in my opinion. IMO.
0: Interesting. So do you think it's the ending that made you warm up to them or?
1: I I feel like he really left me no choice with how in detail he went about how all of them brutally died. Yeah, um, Yeah, that got rough. Loyal and noble they all were until the very fucking end. It's just very sad. I was very upset. Also, it, in this chapter, is it this one where freaking Crocus has to leave Moby because that was sad as hell?
0: Uh, yes, they, they say goodbye to Moby in this one. After My boy, Moby. Yeah. We're
1: not just going to breeze over that. That was emotional.
2: Now let's talk about, so he, and Moby's actually like an ultra powerful demon also and was protecting them in the whirlwind and just mangling fools. And Moby's I love cute. how it,
0: at the beginning they were like, it's just a all. How weird that it's here! Nah, nah, <laughs> nah, 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 nah. That's so weird. But, it was
2: a de Ivers or a soul taken, so it has other forms. It has
1: every form. Maybe it's Mo- Absolar.
0: Moby's a Moby's a chiller. God. And it's here that we do see uh, Dacimaltor's daughter, and we kind of talked about it earlier. Just thought it was mentioning.
1: Yeah. yeah. Now, thanks, thanks, bud. um. So, do we ever go back to these houses? Any one of them, as you put it, th- that would be a um, spoiler, I
2: think. But okay. I would.
0: You know it, because it's
2: I asked for a reason,
1: <laughs> the Azath
0: are important to the series for sure, you know, and like that's why, especially at the end of Gardens of the Moon, when the Azath kind of just shows up, you know, yeah, like this after reading the whole series, it's like, oh, well, of course, you know, it like I don't know, the you understand what Azath are more, so it makes a lot of sense, but mm. you see how at the climax of this book, the Azath is really important again, you know, yes, mm-hmm. they're important to the series for sure i only
1: asked because of that man that came out to talk to moby and they were like huh, they think you're alone well mm. but
2: that was like the armor right that was weird
1: that was weird but i liked it because was he that one alone. of the Azaf? just weird just very odd this is just an odd st- i don't even i don't even want an explanation i don't even care
0: i, c- I kind of like it it's so dreamy you know
1: that's one way of looking at it it's not i don't the way I know
0: if, i would but i think it's in the next chapter when they're walking on the big mosaic floor and the like the indifferent dragons are above them or I know, maybe that's oh yeah on. that's
2: weird that's that's trippy as shit
0: it's all kind of trippy you know and that's i i feel like whenever i think about tremolor and this whole warren area i don't know it's all kind of just in this like almost psychedelic blur in my mind you know mm-hmm.
1: what you're telling me is i should read this medicated
0: <laughs> yeah i don't
1: uh <laughs>
0: What I'm, all right christ we I right guess along. you I guess you did finish the book Medicated now, did you though? I That's guess true.
1: technically you could say.
0: <laughs> no. Alrighty. Let's uh let's get into it. Let's talk about the next chapter. Chapter 21. Felison watches over her army with her wayward orphan. Habork arrives and warns her of Laura, one of her new high mage counselors. Habork asks why and how Drysna brought her to this point. Felicin says the journey was hers alone, and not all mysteries can be unraveled. Felicin knows about Corblodom's army and is expecting Tavor. In Eren, Nether and Diker rush to the watchtower. Highfest Pornqual watches the gate, along with the Gistal priest Malak Rel and a stressed Malazan commander named Blisted. They watch as Coltane, Bolt, and a few remaining Wiccans and Malazans desperately ride towards the city. Ifist Pormqual could act, but he refuses. Rebel forces descend, slaughtering the Malazan soldiers. Bolt is pinned to the ground and killed, and Coltane is swarmed by enemy soldiers. Coltane is nailed to a cross alive, and the mage chemist Relo attempts to massacre the crows that are flocking to try and take Coltane's soul. From the city wall, a Malazan soldier named Squint is ordered to end Coltane's suffering. An arrow is fired and strikes Coltane dead. Coltane's soul rises, crows swarm his body, and when they leave, the body is gone so before we talk about uh the chain of dogs ending it's worthwhile to to briefly touch on a subject that fellison and haborek talk about uh josh we see fellison and bork kind of speak exactly to the what Sorry, we were who? arguing about who? last time who Felicin and Oh t- Shaiq reborn? Is this Thank what you. you're Thank you. Thank um, <laughs> you. The god is formerly known as Felicin. We see the two of them arguing, not arguing, kind of having a discussion about how they arrived here and uh, the whirlwind goddess. What did you think of this conversation?
2: It's bullshit. Okay. She is bullshitting. I it's agree.
0: It's bullshit. What do you mean?
2: She's there's not an answer. There's not an answer. The journey was hers. No, it's bullshit. She doesn't have an answer. Shaikh got in her, and there's no real answer as to when or why. You do and believe is Shaikh is in me. her now? You do believe I 100%. That? Yeah, she's seen shit. Like, she was in the last chapter. She was seeing shit. She controls this world. Like, Shaikh's definitely in her body. But, like, oh, how? Why? What's the agreement? Why is Shaikh not completely taken over her
0: conscience? Uh. Habora, I got this quote. Uh. <laughs> Now you speak of fate, uh, argue with your fellow scholars. A- and, you know, this comes at the end of their conversation. And I think it's interesting that, like, I don't know, it just goes back to when, like, they're talking about Shadow Thrones motivations earlier in the book or later on with some conversation between Kalam and Manala, And that's when Erickson is bringing in the meta discussion of the story into the character's mouths. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So... I think it's very interesting to have Haborik be here and be like, oh, well, wait a second. How much of this was fate? You know, I, you know, I, I already stated my opinion. I don't need to. We don't need to argue about it again, especially since the two of you are wrong. But, um, oh, OK, I, yeah. I, I, yeah. yeah, I just
1: I, I like just when Haborik asks her, hey, so when did you become shy? And people? there's
2: not an answer. <laughs>
1: When, when, At what point was it when you were here, or you were here, or you were here? <laughs> and um. she's like, fuck with me. And that's it. She just is so pompous now. Well, I guess she always kind of, like, no. She was like, yeah, yeah what do like, you
0: mean by that?
1: Like, I just feel like she's just like, I wish you guys could see my facial expression for those not looking directly at me. But, like, she's just so like, I'm better than you. In that voice at all times. Yeah, I don't know. It's Maybe true. it's just me. That's my vibe. I don't care. I'm sticking to it. But
0: well, she's definitely got an attitude about her for sure. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was worth worthwhile mentioning that. But really, the meat of this chapter is outside the gates of Aaron, where we see uh, the chain of dogs come to an end. We see Bolt's killed. We see Coltane killed. And then he's nailed to a cross. Oh. And uh, then... in. Uh, they from don't the let city, his soul from, leave. From the it's, city walls, we watch him die. Yeah. That was um. horrible. That was rough.
1: That was rough. Horrible. Oh my, but what was even worse was when they were like ripping the scalps off people and ripping their oh. limbs off. Yeah, oh it was God. not a
2: great. Like that last stand was hard to read.
1: It was in, violent. In a lot of ways. And then they were like, they were just defending with their bodies. They had no weapons, which means you're literally just a human shield. Yeah, dude, I was shook.
0: Yeah, it's
1: terrible. And then the freaking high fist who's like, "Yeah, we're not going out there." Uh, Fuck! Are you kidding? That
2: dude's an asshole.
1: He's a fool. He's not an asshole. He's a fucking idiot.
2: He's an idiot. He's oh, I got a lot of words for him. They're all not nice. Yeah, Diker
1: said him. You know, we don't even need to say him.
0: Yeah, Diker speaks a little truth to power later. Um. Mm Yeah, I, re- I mean, it's it, it's almost tough for me since I it's been a while since I read since I read this passage for the first time, you know. Mm-hmm. But I was almost surprised by how much of a bummer it still was. Do you know what I mean? Like since, like even the, when you know they're all
2: gonna die, it's still hard to read about them all dying.
0: Yeah, like since I started the book, I was like, oh well, this is a long march to Coltane's death, and <laughs> you know. <laughs> I guess the first time it really hit me because I was really invested in Colton and Diker's story. And it's like, oh, you know, we're so close. We're going to make it. We're going to make it. And then the rug kind of gets pulled out from under you there. And it it still was pulled out from under me, even though like the whole time I was watching Erickson like slowly be pulling (laughs) underneath my feet. You know what I mean? I -hmm. know.
1: I agree. You're like, no, wait, wait, turn around. It's going to happen. He'll be fine.
0: Yeah. Also, it's very funny if you reread it. It is incredibly clear that they're going to die the entire time. <laughs> and it's incredibly clear how much I ignored all of the signs g- the first time. Because huh. like Fair. even in the first second chapter, they're like, well, they're uh, you know, as soon as they start leaving, they're like, well, this is a long march to their death. And everyone's mm-hmm. like, no, no. And then another person be like we're all going to die out here. And every, you know, just you keep ignoring oh, yeah. it. But, you know, um, did either of you uh, uh expect this?
1: yeah uh no no I didn't yeah I just thought yeah. they were just gonna keep fighting and fighting and then it would just go to another book and we'd never you know, i I really didn't see an end to this mm-hmm. especially one like that but then once it started happening like uh you know no
0: yeah. what about you Josh did you think they would uh Coltain would go out like this
1: uh
2: yes yeah. I, I just didn't I just didn't see there being a scenario in which he didn't die. As bad as that is, right? Like, uh, like, because he set himself up as this incredible leader, leading from the front, like, always putting himself in the line of danger. And it really felt like at some point, I I honestly thought he would die in a much less dramatic way, like far earlier, if I'm being honest. So, like, the fact that he held on and had this glorious, like, insane end is honestly, I thought was almost, like, it was almost cliche, but, like, I mean, it was also, it was just so brutal, it couldn't be cliche, you know? And there was nothing, there, like, there wasn't a lot honorable about his, you know, it wasn't this triumphant, like, thing. It was kind of just dark and brutal and awful. To he read.
1: died like everyone else. <laughs> yeah.
2: If not worse than everyone else, because he got fucking crucified. But and then, they I luckily, him? took an arrow to the head, but still.
0: Well, I, I actually am really struck by... And maybe we can transition to the next chapter. But to me, some of the worst aspects of the end of Chain of Dogs and the whole Aaron stuff actually comes later with what happens with Diker And um, that's the worst. That shit sucks. I think that's in some ways a worse uh, betrayal. I don't know. It's
1: it. I love when he sends his horse away, though. And he's like, well, we all know what's happening, guys.
2: I. I I yeah. was kind of bummed because, like, I, if, like, Quell just being, literally not having a backbone felt, like, believable, but having been, like, literally completely lied and hoodwinked the whole time, and no one being able to stop it felt shitty. That was tough. Yeah. That was rough.
0: Yeah. There's rot there. Mm-hmm. <sighs> All right. Chapter 22. Bloody and shirtless, Clam washes into Malaz Bay. Dangerous assassins lie await on the rooftops of the city. Calam sneaks into a warehouse, donning a leather shirt and makeshift weapons. He encounters two assassins, takes their weapons after defeating them, along with poison-tipped crossbow bolts. Clam kills two more and is out on the hunt for the leader of the Imperial Claw, Topper. Within Tremelor, the group walks across a mosaic-like floor. Relock thinks that each tile looks like a continent, pathways to different worlds and realms. They find one missing tile, an abyss lies underneath. Skarl says that Shadowthone tried to bargain with the Azath over Ikarium, but the Azath house was silent. Mappo is still unsure whether he broke his vow when not surrendering Ikarium. Then both Mappo and Ikarium fall into darkness. Apsalar tries to grab them, but is pulled back the group continues to walk through this strange world. Above them fly three indifferent dragons. At Arran, Corblo Dom has made camp out front of the city walls and celebrates their victory over Coltane. Commander Blistig's soldiers are feeding and healing the refugees. Malazans are distraught over the slaughter at the gate. Commander Blistig asks for Diker's account of the events. The noble Nethapara has shared his account, which blames Coltane for the death of thousands of refugees. Malakrel thinks they should attack Corblodam before Tavor or Shaikh arrives to reinforce the battle. Duiker rushes to the High Fist, saying they must wait for the arrival of Adjunct Tavor. Pornqual dismisses him, saying that Duiker and the Warlocks must follow them into battle before their arrest. Malakrel gloats. And, as the noble Nethapara comes to, Duiker strikes the man down. Pornqual's army rides out into a basin, quickly falling into a simple trap by the rebel army. Malak blames Duiker, who cannot mount a defense, before Malak Rel convinced the Fists to have his army lay down their weapons. Duiker sends his horse back to Aaron, and the army disarms as the rebels have surrounded them. Malakrel offers up the Malazans and Aaron to Shaik's forces. Corblodom and his mage chemist Relo greet the commanders. Duiker, however, speaks up, saying that Commander Blistic will be able to hold the city until Tavor's arrival. And Malakrel strikes Duiker. The historian falls; the smoky bottle breaking on his chest. Corblodom speaks of his impending battle with Tavor, and then has High Fist Pormqual decapitated. In front of Aaron, the remaining Malazan soldiers are dragged to cedar trunks and nailed to them. Duiker is the last to be nailed, and has visions of his dead friends to see at Hood's Gate. And he dies. To pick up where we left off, we were talking about the rot and in Aaron, and in, in this part, we see this more clearly demonstrated as Malak Rel... Kind of is demonstrated to be a huge piece of shit is the term I would use. That's fair. Uh, he kind of uh, he's like, well, wait, 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 we should go attack him now. And then you know, Pornqual rides up. They send their horses away, and um, oh. and then uh, Diker hor- gets crucified ho- at the end. Yeah, yeah,
2: a horrific slaughter.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a big old slaughter. So, Josh, how would you feel about kind of uh, seeing? kind of the internal reasons at, for the the politics of the slaughter and, and kind of seeing this betrayal in a way. Well, it sucked because
2: I, I I just feel like in many other examples we've seen of the Malazan of the Malazan military, like a lot of these soldiers and captains and people think for themselves. And we even see that small contingent think for themselves and realize how terrible an idea this is. And it kind of sucks to think that like this one guy, Malik Rell, somehow like, manages to completely snuff that out in every single way this whole time. And even as they're clearly marching into their death, has snuffed out, like, any people with free will. It just sucked, man. And, like, the image of just them putting their weapons down, knowing, like, as the reader, knowing what's going to happen next, is just really rough to read. It's powerful imagery, but it was rough.
0: Yeah, I think putting the weapons down is tough because, like... I mean, they do talk about ballistic feeling frustrated. And like, obviously ballistic recognizes that. Yeah. Like, I don't know the injustice of it, but like those soldiers who are like, because you could like maybe say that Pornqual, I guess, is in some way responsible. And like, you know, maybe he, his death is his own fault in a way. Oh, like all those, all all those soldiers under his command, you know, that's just got off easy. Screw that dude. Okay. I'm not defending him, but what I'm saying is it sounds like you're a Pornqual apologist and that's a tough stance to take. No, what I'm saying is <laughs> the soldiers under his command are like he's also responsible for their death, and oh, that's yeah. even more unjust. You know? Yes, for sure. India, how would you feel about seeing uh, the uh, these forces march out and then Diker meeting uh, meeting his own crucifixion?
1: I was sad. I think that if I were that army, I would have said no. Their blind loyalty is fucking stupid, and it's like addressed multiple times how they're like blood like like super loyal and they just do whatever whenever someone says it and i'm just like guys you had to know that when you put your weapons down and you walked to you literally were circled and walked to them that it was game over and then to add insult to injury they didn't just kill them they literally tortured all of them yeah fucked up fucked up and then poor Diker had to watch like 10,000 people, whoever many it was, be strung up and like, what do you call, crucified, only to be at the end when he literally, he was already a broken man, literally had nothing left. And thinking that he had seen everything and he had, been, he had never felt more agony in his life to be like, I thought that until I started to be crucified. Yeah. That was truly... Sad. That was so bad. Mm. I was so upset.
0: So it sounds like I mean, because you you weren't always a, a Diker fan in a way.
1: Shut up. <laughs> I don't know okay. her. I don't know that woman. <laughs> I'm changed. Um, you're a changed woman. Um
0: something I really like about this section is that when Nef the total piece of shit noble. Incredible. is like well actually Coltane's responsible for all the deaths Screw you know Screw that dude um
1: uh, my and it, it
0: it it's very interesting that then you know like Diker's account as a historian is called on you know and it and it is one of those things how it's showing how events are informed by the people witnessing them and, and the history is shaped like that you know mm-hmm. so i i don't know it, it it's uh, it's like an. It's kind of an interesting way to bring his job as a historian into the plot, so to speak. Do you know what I mean? Also, he kills Parra, which is like so good. Oh, very, metal. It's very funny.
1: I've never liked to read about somebody's throat being crushed more in my life mm-hmm. and their head snapping yeah. back. Amazing. Beautiful, beautiful visuals, as yeah. always. Thank you, Erickson.
0: One, one of the few good parts of the before, you know, the mass crucifixions.
1: Wait. Mm-hmm. So he said that he saw a jai ghost and then he died. What's that about?
0: Well, he's like. Obviously I, in dying.
1: Mind, but
0: well, in my mind, it's like calling back to when he's thinking about the jagut and the pain they've suffered from uh, the kind of hatred and wars uh, against their people. And I think he's in my mind, it's kind of him recalling the suffering of and kind of the agony that was never let go.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't think of it like that. And then he saw his unnamed lover. He was excited to see her. Ugh. That's so sad. Let's move on. This really put me... This really... This was... uh,
0: we, we we're gonna we're we're gonna go to ramp up. I know it's kind of a nadir, but before he left, it would be meant. It's worth I, mentioning, I, just learned, I guess.
2: I just learned that word today while teaching a class. That's so funny.
1: Tell me the word. Nadir. nadir?
2: I was teaching about writing counterpoint. How a good cantus firmi typically has a, a climax and a nadir, and I had never heard that before. What is it? It's, it just it's means the, like a low point. Yeah, low point. It's the opposite of a climax, basically, like the lowest point. Okay. That's funny. Um,
0: <laughs> I felt it. Like, uh, yeah, damn. What? Josh said opposite of the cli- opposite of a climax, and I just felt like there was some joke to be made. I know, but, I I hey, hey, but I didn't want to say it. I didn't want to I'm too
1: mature to make this joke it's right ca- now.
0: It's it's called edging. We can all be adults. I, it, I just didn't. I there was some there's something funny there, but I'm too much of a idiot to think of those one thing. So <laughs> um anyway. Uh Oh, uh, but, uh, but I'd be remiss to mention that Pornqual gets decapitated before we leave. Blistig remains in the city, and Malik Rel uh, kind of joins his fellow rebels, so to speak. Although we see them speak later on when Shaikh revives, right? Because I don't think Bullison comes until later
1: on. She comes yeah. at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Her name's Alrighty, Shaiq. so let's, let's
0: leave Aaron and the slaughter at the gates to talk about... Uh, Inside Tremolor, we see Mapunicarium fall into darkness after they're kind of walking on this long thing, and uh, then Absalar and Fiddler keep on going. Any thoughts about this, or, or are we just still? I don't know. I I I mentioned that I like this dreamy section. Josh, wait, sorry, what section? <laughs> we're talking about. God, we're talking about them being in Tremolor. Oh, oh God,
1: it Ma- was.
2: Mm. Yeah, no, that was weird. Um. It was kind of like a, almost like one of my nightmares, like the idea of like endlessly walking with no destination and just like no sense of time around you. Like it's kind of real fucked up and trippy. I mean, it was it, again, a very evoking image. Um, and like that first time when, uh, when Iskara Pust just vanishes and like, they're all like, uh, are we just going to fall into nothing? I, I kind of assumed that they were going to fall into real something, you know, like that's how you traveled, but it was scary. I don't know. it was, it was wild.
1: Yeah, where are the dragons we we going? Actually, oh. Peter, hey oh, we Peter, that
2: that's that dragon, right? That's the dragon we saw earlier, the uh, the Talani Mass Dragon, which like we just haven't heard about for a while.
0: There's three, I thought. There's three. I'm uncertain whether it's that dragon. I do think we see that dragon again, but uh, it's my memory's failing me right now. Okay. We haven't talked about Ascarl Puss much. You know, he does mention that he was j- Shadow Thrones trying to bargain with the Azath. He talks a little bit earlier in the last chapter about Akarium. Because he's trying to get Akarim in the Azath. Well, what, what do we feel? Because this is one of our last times seeing a Puss before the very end of the book. India, what's your overall temperature on a scarl Pus throughout he's the book? He's a
1: moron. And everything that he says is weird and confusing. And he does it on purpose. And it, just say what you mean. Say what you mean. That's mm-hmm. all I would to say.
0: I'm in a Scarl Pust fan. I'm, I'm here <gasps> for getting...
1: Peter, didn't we just say that we all hated him in like the last one? Didn't we all hate him?
0: I just like whenever Erickson's getting wacky, you know, Pete's here for it, you know? And like a Scarl Pust is just a wacky kid, you know, he's just walking around saying
1: random saying shit. words. Whatever, you know? whatever he's... Yeah.
0: The words don't make sense, but he'd be saying them, you know?
1: I like when they're mean to him. That's Yeah. That's that's really what... That's... Yeah. I have no... And
0: finally we see uh, to to kind of... got gu- uh, bring us into the next chapter so to speak we see calam washing up on shore he gets some low level equipment and then uh he starts <laughs> his uh grind through the city
2: uh i like i know we know how bad of a, how badass calam is but the these chapters cement that like he is the most
0: powerful person i think we have met
2: physically. truly
1: so badass never dies yeah. stab him whenever well, you def- want
0: Definitely in like a physical sense, you know, because we've met a lot of powerful magic people, but I think Clam definitely demonstrates, like, I don't know, some fucking skills with a Z, you know?
1: Agreed. Any weapon. All right. Every weapon. But
0: we can talk a lot more about him in the next chapter. So, chapter 23. Clam hunts Claws in Malazan City. He kills a pair, but soon more descend on him. Manal appears saving Kalam and pulls him onto her horseback. They ride together towards Mok's hold. In the Deadhouse, Fiddler, Crocus, Ralak, and Apsilar find the Azath's guardian, the jagat Gothos. Gothos is Ikarium's father, who has resigned himself to life in the Azath. Ikarium tried to free his father by attacking the Azath, but failed, wounding the warren and Ikarium's memory. Gothos speaks of the Nameless Ones, who had truly destroyed Mapo's home in order to coerce the Trell into becoming Akariam's Watcher. The group steps into Malaz City, where they meet Apt and Panic. Panic will guide them to meet Kalam at Mach's Hold. Manal and Kalam are magically drawn to the Old Keep. Empress Lasine invites Kalam into the main hall, asking why the assassin wants to kill them. Clam speaks of the Old Emperor, the Bridgeburners, and the slaughter on Ganabacchus. Lacine does not evade, but offers answers. She explains that she only ordered Taishrin to kill Sari, and not the Bridgeburners. Furthermore, Dujek and Lacine have conspired together, and the outlawing of the Bridgeburners is a ploy so that Dujek's army can remain safely on Ganabacchus and make allies. Lasine took the throne from Dancer and Kelanved since the Empire needed more from them. It was not a personal choice. Lasine also claims responsibility for the murder of Dacimal Tor. Kalam sheets his weapon and spares the Empress. Manala is disappointed and they escape into the city. However, after Kalam leaves, we see that Lasine's voice was projected through a corpse. The Empress orders Kalam's life to be spared, but Topper thinks it's too late to stop the Descending Claws. Outside, Kalam and Manala are surrounded, but quickly saved by Apt. Viddler is united with Kalam, and everybody is pulled into the Warren of Shadow. After greeting the once Emperor, they speak to the now god, Shadow Throne. Crocus, apslar and Roloch say they wish to return to Itkokan, and the god sends them there. Fiddler says he wishes to re-enlist and joins Tavor's army in seven cities. And Kalam is shown the thousands of children saved by his command. So, we'll talk all about Kalam's journey in uh, Malaz City at uh, next, but first, we see Fiddler, Crocus, and Absalar. Uh, we see them meet the Atsat's guardian, the Jagat Gothos who is Akarium's father, and he talks kind of about how Akarium's memory was wounded and kind of a little bit of history that we now, as the readers know about Mapo and Icarium, that mm, they didn't learn, so to speak. Um, how would you feel about learning all this information before they kind of leave the Yazath and get pooped out into Malaz City?
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> I thought that was super random like extraordinarily random. It was I didn't understand until you read the summary that like did he or did he not Akaram. It does he or does he not destroy things.
0: He he does destroy things. But 100%. he did
1: not destroy Mappo's home.
0: Ah uh, yes, yes. So we can finally kind of talk about this. Josh said last episode that he thought he had a picture of it, but he was just missing a few pieces. And it's at this point that we kind of see the whole picture that the Nameless Ones actually destroyed just, Mappo's home. Yeah. And then just, was like, yo, Mappo, Ikarium did it. You should be his guardian. And Mappo's like, okay, I guess I have to now, you know?
1: Why Mappo, though? Like, what? So, so random. Is it, is it,
0: so are all Trell this kind of
2: ageless superhuman, or is Mappo special? Great question. Tre- Trell definitely have physical
0: differences
2: but like mapu and akarim have been together for like all like an insanely long time is that common for a child to live that long do we know yet
0: uh, they have been around a long time well, for sure
1: his last guardian killed himself so yeah
0: um no was Josh, his last guardian about- a trail no not that i know of um how'd you feel about learning more about this uh this backstory between them and learning about how Akari wounded his memories in the first place it's
2: very sad um i think Really, for me, it just made what I already thought was kind of a very sad plot line sadder. Like, I feel so bad for Mappo. Akari. I feel bad for in kind of like this almost like childlike way. Like, I feel bad for him as if like, I, I don't know, like in a parental sort of way. So but he I, should be put in prison forever? Is that yes. what you're saying? His yes, dad His right dad's in choice. prison
1: and his dad is happy. Okay, oh India,
2: God. let's back up on that one. That's not a great take. I don't know if we want to, if that's the, the argument we want to make. He
1: likes his solitude. You, oh. guys are, you guys are missing a very, very blatant point about these people.
2: Oh, come on! I don't love. Okay, I'm going to back off. I'm going <laughs> to.
1: I'm going <laughs> to. Hot take. <laughs> okay.
0: I mean, listen, I understand your point about maybe the jackets like solitude, but I don't think he they like He literally
1: prison. kicked them out of his house. He wanted to be alone so bad. He's like, right, I told you that, you gotta go. Take some healing water on your way out. You're Oof. welcome. Okay. Because I'm a nice guy. He,
0: he is pretty friendly. You gotta like, give him yeah, that. Yeah, he's cool. He's, he's, a, he's a chiller. Um, he's
1: hospitable.
2: Yeah. Uh, But I would say, yeah, I just think it made me feel sad for them both. I think I feel worse for Mapo than I do Akarium. Because Mapo has to live with these centuries and centuries maybe even millennia of just like the same cycle over and over josh
1: again. what are you saying would you feel bad for somebody who made an active choice to live that way forever
2: <sighs> yeah because he's doing it like out of guilt but what now josh he's doing it out of love but he's also doing it because of a lie But now he's doing it because he loves his friend, you know? And if he really loved his friend, he would imprison him for eternity.
1: And guess what? He probably would have found his dad in prison. Yeah, they They definitely can can talk.
2: They definitely can talk amongst the Azath houses. Him and his dad could have caught up.
1: All I got to say is, Mappo's an idiot. He's really nice. I feel bad for him. But, like, I'm not going to feel bad for you when you're making it. You made your bed. Lay in it this is your choice you make it every day You're you want to wrong. be free you want to go live your life your best life you could but instead you walk around with your Acarium. ball what? and chain baby ball and chain
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh i am fl- honestly flabbergasted by the pivot we've taken on today's episode but i like their beautiful friendship you know and you can call it codependent if you want but and i will and i do know what you mean josh i do think mappa's a little sadder because, in some ways, he like he knows he's bearing more of the emotional burden since Akarium always is forgetting. You know.
1: Yeah, it's rough. Per his own choice. Well, Akarium didn't God choose. God
0: damn it, I was spit all no, over my computer. Mappo. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah.
1: All right. Well, let, Mappo. listen. Mapo, martyr. Mapo the martyr. It's more like it. <laughs>
0: All right. I I don't know. I don't know if that joke was. I don't know if there's any anything. Worse. I get there was a bit, a bit of alliteration. <laughs> two M's. Duh. <laughs> Got two M's. Nailed the joke. All right. And then they kind of uh they get out into the city and uh they they meet Apt and Panic who's gonna guide them to see Clam at Mox Hold and Josh we see Clam fight his way through the rest of the city. He meets up with Manala and then. He finally confronts the Empress lacine in Mox Hold. And Lasine um lets out some lets out let's open the gates, lets out the secret, and Clom spares her life. Um so what did you think about this? Uh this is really our first time seeing Lasine, so to speak. Yeah. Um since the prologue not the yeah, prologue. Yeah, i was say we saw the, her in the prologue.
2: Yeah But um, we see her
0: elsewhere in early Gardens of the Moon. But you know what I mean. So,
2: okay, so let's talk about the the gigantic reveal, which let me say, until I hear it from fucking Dujek One-Arm, I am not going—I'm going to take everything she said with a grain of salt, okay? Okay. So, ah, oh God. It's tough because, like—okay, so so to, to recap, what she says is that the plan of Dujek One-Arm rebelling in order to gain the trust of the people on Gunnabakus is all part of the plan to fight off the Panion whatever because they're the biggest threat on that continent, and it yeah, made more se- it made more sense for for the army of Dujek One Arm to to team up with the locals because there's some very powerful figures, the Kaladin Brood, you know, Animated Rake, all that. Animated them. Rake. Yeah, it makes it okay. So I I get that, and it does answer some kind of lingering questions I had because I, I I it was kind of a very buck wild thing that was happening in there on the first book. Okay, so if that's true, that's crazy. Now what really threw me off was the lives the resources we spent to get here and Calam just needs eight sentences. And he's like, all right, my work's done. And does it? Well, first off, he couldn't have murdered her because she wasn't there. But like, that's all it was. He just needed to speak with her. They have fucking arm bones that do that. There's letters like this seems like a gross misuse of resources to speak to her. I, I don't especially considering
0: Dujek has spoken with her and it's all on the same page. But Clam didn't know this. Yeah, he, but, he but didn't fucking whiskey Jack. Clam's goal wasn't like L- I want to reach out to Lacine and check up on my friend. Like he was coming to kill her, and right. Then change- but he was with the people who knew the shit. So why didn't they tell them the shit? Well,
2: because Cl- what, do huh? what do you mean? What? Why did Clam not? Why was Clam not privy to all this information? Apparently, Ben's not either, because they were in on it. So did no? Does whiskey Jack even know? Like I don't know. It just feels like. There's a lot of pivotal information that
0: pivotal characters should have known. Hmm. You think you think Kalam should have been privy to these plans?
2: Yeah, he's like the single most powerful human being that we've met. I don't know if I
0: would say that, but human I being, do human know a human being
2: you- in terms of physical strength and like ability to kill people.
0: India, how did you feel about the Le- Kalam I'm learning gonna all, all this? Si- okay. I'm going to be honest. Okay. I'm
1: going to be honest. Okay. I realized none I I I read I read it. I did not listen. Oh. I read it. And I did not get that. I I literally didn't know why he spared her life. I remember, I read all these things about making connections and this and that, but I didn't realize what you just said, Josh. That's pretty fucking wild. Yeah. Well, knowing that, why was she in a dead body?
2: Well- well, I it's think it's like a contingency. There's always, yeah, there's like the risk of Calam not listening to her and just running in and trying to, like, fucking stab her in the throat, I guess.
1: But didn't she say that he recognized that she wasn't her? Well,
2: because she was in the dead body. Correct. So, but if she had so been even there, if he
1: did want to kill her, didn't she re- think that he realized that she wasn't her?
2: But didn't you just ask why she spoke through the dead body?
1: I thought she was dead, but you just confirmed that she's not. Oh, no, no, no she's just so talking through like- a dead body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, huh, is she not her?
0: I think it's clear in this moment, and it's when um, Lacine speaks about it, it's like, oh, well, I killed Kellen and Vett and Dancer because, like, they were, the, em- the Empire needed more. And I think it's like, Lacine speaking about the idea of the Malzahn Empire, which Kalam has a f- affinity for and, and it serves in a way. And I think it shows in this passage, especially since they talk about what's going on in Kennebacchus, how... You know, Lacine is still working to the ends of the empire and I think that is probably why Kalam spares her if if that makes sense. I really like the the part at the end where Manala at on the steps is like, "This was disappointing. I thought you would kill her." Do you know what I mean? Mhm. I think that's really clever.
1: Well, that's a bigger deal than I thought it was. Mm-hmm.
0: But then on the steps, oh, and the uh, Lacine also we, this is another mention of Thor, who is a character you we're talking about in this episode, I guess. Um, and, he ooze, and then on the steps, uh, they meet... Uh, there's a big happy reunion after Clam leaves and spares uh, the life, and uh, they meet up with Fiddler and everybody, and then Shadow Throne kind of shows up and whisks everyone away. He, he sends Crocus, Absalar, and Absalar's father to Itco Khan, he sends uh, Fiddler to join Tavor's army in seven cities, uh, and Clam is uh, kind of shown all the children that was uh, that he saved earlier in the book. That that was a
2: wild twist. I did not expect. That was very heartwarming. I don't think yes. it'll last, but it was it was cool. She liked, that you like that you like the kids. Oh, I like the kids. I I like the I like the Shadow Throne giving him the option of being like you can be their eternal parents. Like that's a chill life he yeah. he's not going to take it, obviously, but
1: 13,000 children who wouldn't want that. Was it 13,000? Holy shit.
0: It's a ton of kids.
1: A
2: lot of How'd
0: kids. you feel about this wrapping up? Everyone kind of getting uh, a kind of gift from Shadow Throne, so to speak. He's and like
1: the Wizard of Oz. It is a little Wizard of Ozzy. Literally, it is. Yeah, I liked it. But it really, nice. what exactly did um Manala, Manala and Kalam What did they like? is that it was it like ah, you get the kids or nothing lol well
0: we kind of cut away before we see too much of how they respond you know
1: that's adorable are they dead no no the kids are alive yeah yeah. oh that's when they brought them all back to life Uh, well are they
2: alive or are they like pseudo
1: alive Mm,
0: i think they're alive alive like are
1: they going to age and
0: eventually like die or are they just kind of like there uh honestly i don't understand the question
2: so are they infinitely stuck as kids or are they like real ass humans that are going to grow and shit? They're, they're kids. I don't. OK, uh, uh,
0: how did uh, how did you feel about them getting sent back to Idko Khan? What do you think awaits them there?
1: I don't know, Peter. I don't know what awaits them there. You tell me what awaits them there.
0: All right, Josh, what do, you think, what do you think about Fiddler's choice to re-enlist? He's, he's he, he. yes, please, would like some more uh, soldiering. Fucking sappers,
2: man. Am I right? Am I what right? What is a sapper? Someone They're that like, deals with explosives Fiddler and mining. Is a sapper. Yeah, so people Fiddler. that deal with, like, destroying city walls and undermining fortifications
0: and using explosives. Yeah,
1: I don't like when they call him the Sapper because I didn't know that that was him for a long time. Oh uh, yeah, that was so you know.
0: Yeah. Alrighty, we got one more chapter. Let's close out this book. Let's do it. We're only at an hour and twenty-two minutes. Chapter twenty-four. Felicin and the Army of the Whirlwind arrive at Eren, Seeing the aftermath of Corblodon's slaughter, she speaks to her mages and reflects on her last argument with Tavor. She has named her adopted daughter, Felison Younger. Korblo Dam, Camus Rilo, and Malik Rel come to kneel to Shaikh Reborn. Leoman argues with Korblo Aaron remains occupied by the Malazan and Tavor has arrived. However, Corblo feels unchallenged. Tavor Paran is a new leader, untested, and a noblewoman picked by the Empress to lead. Despite Corblodom's confidence, Felicin commands the rebellion to fall back to Raraku. They will battle Tavor on their own terms. Haborik hears a god's laughter. In Eren, Blistic welcomes the adjunct Tavor, her entourage and her army to the last imperial-controlled city on the continent. Mappo and the unconscious Akarium lay still on the outskirts of the city. They encounter a cart dragging bodies, Man by Malazan soldiers. The trio can be recognized as Stormy, Gessler, and Truth. They are out looking for Diker amongst the crucified, but haven't found him. Mappa rejects an offer to go into the city of Aaron, but does offer healing elixirs to revive the two dogs, Bent and Roach. Ascarl returns to the Tessim Temple and meets a divers woman of spiders named Megora. Two Bokerall are sent by the high alchemist Baruch and find the lifeless body marked with a smoky glass bottle. And the two familiars take Diker's corpse. Finally, Akarium wakes. He remembers chasing a demon in the morning. Mapo tells him just a day has passed. The trail watches his companion sharpen his sword, and then they travel westward. In the epilogue, on the Wiccan plains, crows call, and a barren womb stirs. So, India, we see Felicin speak with her new adopted daughter, and then we Love she it. she speaks with uh, the kind of leaders of uh, her army, and then she's like, "Now nah, we're going back to Reriku. We're not gonna fight Tavor on her on this turf, you know." is trying to fight on when she wants to, you know? It's wait, on wait,
1: wait. her time.
0: That's exactly right. So this is our last time seeing Felison in the book, and she's come a long way since the prologue. So what did you think of seeing her kind of formally leading, so to speak?
1: It's funny because in the beginning she's like an impulsive child. And for her now to not like and even even like when she adjusts I guess, or whenever she became shy, whatever, when she had, I don't know, it was like the end of a chapter. And she was like, I'm going to come for you essentially about her sister. And now being so close to her sister, and she's like, you know what, let's wait. Let's wait on this. Let's, this is not going to be just some quick how she wants it now. I'm not doing this now. It shows like a a level of maturity, I think that she has now to like, be more patient and wait for the perfect time. And Plan more and not just be so hot-headed, running into things. So I think that her journey throughout this book has been so freaking crazy. Um, she is the she she's the hero that I wanted. Granted, mm-hmm. didn't realize that Corbolodon Don was working for her. Was that oh, was that known? Did you all know this? Yeah,
0: yeah, he's an army.
2: Uh, so she's Rebell- a
1: horrible human being too. Then okay,
2: <laughs> uh, well, okay, okay, okay. To clarify, so Corbolodom is working for. The whirlwind, the rebellion in general, right? Which is spearheaded, it seems like, by Shaikh, right, Peter? And so Shaikh so has not- So he just
1: did it all in her so, name. So
2: yes, yes. Like, no orders were given. It was just like, we're killing these Malaz- the Malazins. And Corbel O'Don was like, I know what to do. I really thought she was going to just fucking murder him, like, right out the gate.
1: You'd think.
2: I wanted it. But I th- she I- just,
1: like, took it all in and was like, all right. We're and not I wa- doing this. I,
0: I wanted, I wanted him dead, but maybe, um, maybe same. one day. We see Josh. We see Corblo Dom kind of like mm, trash talking Tavor Perrin, and like this adjunct Tavor's got nothing. Yeah. This is a uh, he doesn't think much of the new commander. What do you? Well, what do you? What do you think of this? Do you think he's underestimating, or do you think he's nailing it on the head? Well, I don't know because so do we know how? So okay, so give Let me get some time right. Okay,
2: so this book happens almost immediately after the previous book. Mm, Yeah, about... Maybe a couple months or so. Ganoes Peran, in the prologue of the book, beginning of the book, sees his sister, Tavor. What is the time difference between Ganoes becoming assistant to the previous adjunct, Lorne, and Tavor becoming the adjunct herself? Like,
0: what's that time difference? Oh, I think there's a fair amount of time, because... It it can't be more than, like, four or five years, though, right? No, I mean, I'm uncertain, but, I mean... Tavor see, uh, like follows Lorne in the position, so right. Obviously, it's after Lorne dies, but
2: I don't know. I, I guess what I'm getting at is like it, I feel like Tavor may have the training, like she probably doesn't have time for that. I'm curious if she has the experience of like on the ground leading men. Like I don't. I'm also curious how like brutal she's gonna be because like she sent her sister into slavery. Granted, protected by a talent, but we saw how that worked so
0: no yeah. i think it's an interesting parallel that uh you know we see in gardens of the moon ganos enter kind of the like have his first real world experience in yeah. a way and you know and tavor's kind of coming to seven cities like she too is traveling away to a faraway continent do you know what i mean mm-hmm. um and haboric's around i gotta i gotta just shout him out i love haboric you know dude's crazy you know oh yeah <laughs> Alrighty. <laughs> In Eren, we see Ballistic welcome Tavor, and we see the the, the her army show up, uh, and they're kind of bolstering down on Eren. Um, yeah.
1: That wasn't very eventful.
0: No. No, I th- I think this is, we're kind of closing scenes as we're kind of leaving yeah. Seven Cities, knowing that we will return to it. Do you know what I mean?
1: But, yeah, and um, I do wonder what she, does she have any idea of, like, what went down? Do no, you mean, right?
0: do you think she knows what happened to her sister like, to there's voir, no, no way because no one
1: the seventh.
0: yeah like how- I, I don't think so i don't uh, so she's yeah.
1: like coming out of this not knowing that like almost everyone is dead
0: oh about like the fate of coltane
1: yeah yeah and everyone else i you- would assume
0: she's landing us not a assu- like without the knowledge of the end of chain of dogs yeah
1: and is she in the next book <laughs> damn it you wouldn't so, know. You didn't read the books, right? Out front
0: of the city gates, we see Mappo and Icarium, Uh, and the, the the Mappo's coming too. And I, I didn't bring it up because uh, I would guess I was waiting for this time. But we see him use the last two healing potions on the two dogs who are friends. I haven't brought him up the rest of the time. You guys said that the one dog killed the other dog. You were wrong. They're they're BFFs. Bent and Roach alive again. Only yeah, that, two r- lip livers. That has been lip a very remainers. fun
2: side thing throughout. Is the two of them? It's been a very fun like little side plot. I liked it. Really sad to hear him describe them like completely broken and barely alive. But my boy Mappo coming in.
0: Yeah. I like the map was just like, oh yeah, let's heal the dogs, you know. He's a good
2: dude. They deserve
1: it. That was so sad. That was the saddest thing ever. Those freaking dogs. Yeah. The one dog had every leg purposely broken, literally. That was rough. Who does that? Yeah. Oh my god. Wait, I, I'm just ready for it to be over. Yeah, Andy, I got Some, great uh, news.
0: Only eight more. <laughs> <laughs> Chugging along. <laughs> um. Uh, we also see out front of the we we also see out front of Eren, we see two Bokarol who were, were sent by the high alchemist Baruch find the lifeless body of Diker,
2: which is was- so that, that okay, so we haven't talked about it in a bit, but this is that necklace that the, the guy in the carriage brought and gave to Coltane yes. and Coltane at the tri- went, he the- gives to Duiker, because he's like, This is your story. Like wild.
0: Yeah, exactly. They, uh, it was delivered for Coltane to wear, Coltane didn't wear it, and now Diker was marked by the glass bottle. So that means, I mean, our our, our boy is going to come back to
2: life on Getabacus. I have
0: to assume. India, what did you think?
1: Well, I think...
0: A lot A lot of pause. <laughs> um, I
1: don't know. Maybe repeat the question.
0: <laughs> Do you... Uh, well, we see Diker's corpse get pulled off here. Do you think the, what wh- What do you think that means? I didn't for- see
1: that. Where did that happen?
0: We we, we we just talked about it. What do you mean?
1: In the book, though, I didn't see that happen. Was yeah, that well, a quick it's, page?
0: It, it's very obliquely mentioned.
1: Well, I didn't see that, and I don't know.
0: what. Ha- well, it's a very short thing, and, and I don't think they say Diker's name in the passage. They don't. They
2: never say his name.
0: Yeah. Hmm. Um, All right. But- moving on. Also, yeah, we should shout out Stormy Gusler and Truth since they're here now. Mm-hmm.
1: It's so um, random how they all just like pop in and out all the time. It's so it's like a real like I don't know, like it's weird that his characters like live on and then they're other and then they're somewhere else just randomly. It's so weird. Like things happen that? in the backgrounds. And you just don't know that they're happy. I don't know. It's fun. Weird. That's
0: I agree. I think it's fun. That's what I like about. That's what I kind of like about when you see Kenna again in the city. You're like, oh, you know, it's like these people are living yeah. whole lives outside yeah. of our main seven characters. or whoever, Like he like you know?
1: healed. He's back. He's working.
0: Yeah, it's weird. He's got an apartment now.
1: Yeah. Him and his wife, wife's two kids
0: <laughs> um, they are in uh, school. A squirrel puss meets a divers of spiders. And, uh, you know, what was that about? <laughs> Who even knows?
1: <laughs> and then you he's know. and then he's like, I knew it. And it's like, when? When did you know it?
0: He's out there flirting, you know?
1: And as
0: since the book uh chapter one begins with a and Mappo, chapter twenty four ends with Akarum and Mappo, as Ikarium wakes up, forgets what forgets almost the entire events of the book, Mappo watches him polish his sword, and then they travel westward.
1: Yeah. That is the saddest.
0: It's a real bummer. <laughs> It's a real
2: fucking bummer. Can
1: you imagine how annoying it is to live months, years, centuries, and then just be centuries? Like, it's, it's all, and then uh, I, I don't remember what happened for the last. I don't. Uh, his life must be horrible, Mappo, I mean,
0: yeah, I would have it, left
1: it, his ass in the azaz house. It's
0: very interesting that I don't know. It's very sad. Yeah.
1: It's so sad, and he's like, "Hey, how about we walk here today?" And he's like.
0: And that was like, sure, buddy. Let's go. Let's,
1: let's just keep fucking walking for all. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's like, we're really close this time, dude. Yeah. Bummer.
0: Bummer and a half. Mm. Finally, in the epilogue, we see on the Wiccan's plains, crows caw and a barren womb stirs. Mm, powerful. Powerful.
1: Barren womb stirs.
0: And then, and that wraps up the book. You know, um, man. oh. But I'm a big, big breath, you know, big, you know, there, there you go. Dead house gates. We did it. Yeah. I guess we'll talk more about it in the, the mailbag episode. Mm-hmm. But um, should we do the do you want to read this thingy? I will. But I I don't know. How would you guys feel about how the book wrapped up? You know, I, I you know, I'd love to just know. I, I liked it a lot better than uh, Gardens of the Moon personally. I,
2: if it was a much more like cohesive read for me.
0: Like the book in total or the ending specifically? The, the book in total, yeah, yeah. Inge, how'd you feel about how the book wrapped up?
1: I thought it was fine. Um, the ending? At the end of the day, in my opinion, it's just like it wraps up to not, to questions to like what? Well, what, what? What now? There's still a war. Nothing really was. It's just so like what really was? Like what did we really? What do we really know? I guess now it's like okay, well, there's this whole grander plan now, and I'm. So uh, I don't
0: know. I, I, I mean, I do know what you mean that, like, we did set up more dominoes on a new continent, you know? But that's, And
1: that's like how set the first one ends, too. You j- It's just set up for like, so, you know, this is it, though. This is how it is. But this I do is think how lot, you make 10 books. That
0: is true. I do think a lot. Of, I don't know. I think the I think the ending of House Gates is is really strong. And for me, in it's addition sad. to loving, I mean, the chain of dogs is heartbreaking, right? But. I think for me the the tremolor stuff really stood out to me at the ending this time too and and really some of the kalam stuff made a lot more sense to me this time you know Mm. but anyway so uh that's going to wrap up our read through of dead house gates but we're not quite done with the book yet we're going to do a mailbag show like last season so please uh, tweet at us or send us an email with your thoughts about Deadhouse Gates. Uh, Comparing it to Gardens of Moon, your experiences reading it, what you loved or didn't love. Um, we really want to hear it all and we love getting mail and on, uh, and that's... We'll read it and talk about it on next week's show. And there's a link in the description too if you want to try and leave a voicemail with your thoughts and we're 10 Very Big Books on Twitter and Gmail and we hope to hear from you and uh, we'll talk soon. Um... Yeah. See you. Bye.
3: Hello, everyone. Producer AJ here on a different microphone. Thank you so much for listening and special thank you for being so patient with us after India got pneumonia. Uh, We got a lot of great supportive messages on Twitter and it really made us feel wonderful. Uh, Thank you for being such an incredible community. If you want to help this community get bigger, you can help spread the word uh, by rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts or you can tell a friend about us. Like Peter just said, the next show will be a mailbag show. So if you have anything you want the trio to talk about, you can email us at 10- very big books at gmail.com or you can tweet us at TenVeryBigBooks. You can also send us a voice message that we can play on the show. Uh, you can find a link to do that in the episode description. And as always, thank you very, very much to Dan Geserick for making our spectacular logo. You can find him on Twitter at Dan for the hottest Jared Leto v Joaquin Phoenix Joker takes, and of course, the jellical music in today's episode is by the one and only Amaranthan from their album Simulant Rain, which you can find along with their other music on bandcamp.com seriously go give them some love they're both supremely talented and deserve your attention just as much as pete india and josh Uh, links to their pages will be in the show notes and 10 very big books will be back on january 24th with their mailbag episode don't forget to send us your questions and comments and thank you so so much for listening Recording this right
0: before I go to work. And I'm yogurt. So I'm going to do just a little, in the beginning. Chapter 19 Coltane and the Chain of Dogs recovers from the Battle of Athar. However, They're still being persuaded by Corvo Dom. All right, enough of this bit.